I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown to the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Okay. Because this song cannot be sung seated, please be standing. <laughs> Some of the dreams and plans, and like these guys said, we have always had a dream for that little patch of grass just north of us across the creek and it has been used in a number of ways to be a, a blessing to this church but also to our community the schools use it of course we use it for vacation bible school families have events there but now this dream that we've always had is really taking one giant leap forward and being realized and I am so excited about the opportunities that that place uh, will provide this church to not only have greater fellowship together, but to use that fellowship as an inroad into our community and to invite the neighboring businesses and organizations and schools, not just OCA, but Will Rogers too. We have a great relationship with Will Rogers. What a great resource that could be for them. And so I am excited about the many opportunities. And I hope that you will get excited, that you'll be praying, that you will participate in our day of giving and pledging on December 11th great things are happening. If you have a Bible, open it up to John chapter 15. That's going to be our text today, John chapter 15. 100 years ago, God intersected the lives of two gentlemen on the streets of a fairly new town on the dusty plains of central Oklahoma. And through a brief conversation and bold commitment by these two gentlemen, God planted the roots for what would become the Edmund Church of Christ. One of those gentlemen talked to the owner of a movie theater in downtown Edmond, and he talked him into renting part of their space for $2.50 a week, the price of a soda at a restaurant now, to rent that space for this church family to meet. And on December 12th, no, November 12th, November 12th, 1922, 13 men and women and a handful of children gathered together for what was the first official assembly of this congregation. I want you to think about a hundred years. That's a long time, a long time. Think about for just a moment all the people who have come and gone as a part of this church family. Many of us bear witness as some of those people who have come and gone and some who are still here and some who are have uh, gone to other places, and certainly those who have come before us, many of them have passed on. There have been many, many people. But think about all the ministries started as a part of this church. Think about all the sermons preached and the sermons listened to. I can assure you there's been more sermons preached than have been listened to. <laughs> think about the number of songs sung. Think about the number of activities and service projects and trips, mission trips, all kinds of trips. Think about the number of ministers and missionaries and, of course, meetings and meals. So much activity, so much energy over a hundred years. But here's the thing. All of that activity, all of that energy, it is meaningless 
without God. Without God, it just makes us an organization in this town that does some good things occasionally. Jesus says a startling statement in our text today. He says this, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing, full stop. Now, does that mean I can't be productive, I can't be busy, I can't have so many activities going on, I can't work hard? No. But all of that activity, all of that energy, all of that productivity has no eternal value apart from Jesus. If not done in the name of and by the power of and for the glory of Jesus Christ, it is meaningless. It means virtually nothing. I think leadership guru Stephen Covey was right when he said this, what doesn't matter how much we are doing if what we are doing is not what matters most. It's true, isn't it? We as a community of faith, which means we as individuals and we as families who are drawn together by a common allegiance to Christ. We want to be about the business of doing what matters most. God has blessed this congregation with deep roots and a wide reach, and we want to stand tall upon those roots and extend the reach of the good news of Jesus Christ into this world. But how do you do that? What does that look like? Jesus tells us. And it may not be what you think. He doesn't say work harder. He doesn't say increase productivity. He doesn't say pour more energy into it. He says it starts with a relationship. It begins with a relationship. In John chapter 15, Jesus is making the final of his seven I am statements trying to reveal to those around him, and by extension to us, who he is, his identity, his purpose. And then, of course, as followers of his, that means it impacts our identity and our purpose. Notice what he says about himself. John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Jesus' Jewish audience that day, they would have been familiar with this idea of a vine. When Jesus said, I am the true vine, they would have said, now wait a second, we know what a vine is. And not a literal vine, but they knew that God's covenant people, Israel, was the vine. Throughout the Old Testament, Israel is referred to as the vine. But here's the problem. In the Old Testament, when Israel is referred to as the vine, it's always in a negative sense. It's always because they're not producing good fruit. They're not answering the call that God has put on their lives. And so Jesus comes along, and what does he say? I am the true vine. I am doing what you did not do. I am bearing the fruit of God's kingdom in this world. He goes on to say that the people of God now, they are not the vine, but they are connected to the vine. Back in our text, verse 4. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. What is Jesus' primary commandment there? When we first look at that, it looks like it's probably, well, go and bear fruit. You should bear fruit. But bearing fruit is the result of obedience to the primary command there. What's the primary command? It is to remain in him. Remain in me, Jesus says. That phrase means to make yourself at home with Jesus. It means literally to dwell with, to live with Your version might say, abide with me. Used eight times there. That's the emphasis. That's the command. That's the directive. Remain in me. Stay connected to me. You see, between root and fruit, (laughs) there is a relationship. And Jesus invites us into this relationship. He invites us to make ourselves at home with him. There is no place like home, right? We know that phrase. Home is a special place. When you have homecoming, many of you participated in homecoming at Oklahoma Christian. It's a special place. Going back stirs feelings. This, in many senses, today is a homecoming. It stirs emotion. There is no place like home. Jesus says, your home is with me. Remain with me, abide with me, dwell with me, stay connected to me. And he invites us into this relationship. He says, I am the vine, I am the source of life for you, the source of power and nourishment. And when I am connected to you and you are connected to me, we can do great things. We can bear the fruit of God's kingdom. There is so much in this text I would love to discuss, but I know time is really limited. So I just want to share three things from this text, three connection points as we think about what it means to remain in him, to stay connected to Christ. First of all, I think we are connected through prayer. Verse 7, did you see what he said? He says, if you remain in me and you ask for something, anything you ask for, just ask and it will be done for you. Jesus says, talk to me. Talk to your heavenly Father. Open your heart up to me. One way we stay connected to Christ is to lean in to the discipline of daily prayer. Just talking to God, opening up our hearts to God, experiencing God, but also listening to God. A part of prayer, a big part of prayer, is listening to God. Back in 2015, we asked this church family to write down your prayer for this church, the Edmund Church of Christ. Many of you were here, you remember that. We took all of those prayers and we bound them up in a prayer book, a book of prayers. And we also asked our children to contribute to that book, but also to make their own book, to give us just a slice of life for, for themselves. And so we have a book with children's pictures and drawings and answering some questions. It's really, it's really uh, entertaining because many of those children are now in our youth group. Those books are out on the Welcome Center. If you have a chance, you might drop by. We're going to try to find a way to maybe publish some of those prayers, let you see some of those things. 
But you know how it is when you hear someone pray? When you hear someone pray, you really get a glimpse into their heart. When your wife prays, when your husband prays, when your children pray, when your parents pray, when a friend prays, you really get a window into their heart, what's important to them, what they value as they express their heart to God. When I read through that book of prayers, and I I read every one of those prayers, I saw the heart of this congregation. I saw the heart of this congregation. There were some common themes there. Overwhelming thankfulness. So many of you were thankful and are thankful. There was a common theme of asking for strength to, to live faithfully in this difficult world, in these challenging times. There was the theme of unity to give us and to preserve our unity. And there was a common word in so many of these prayers, light. Help us to continue to let our light shine. Help us to be a light in this world, in this community. Those books were hanging in the quad area for the past seven years with the idea that we would open them on our centennial celebration. I don't know, do you remember seeing them? Right by the bathrooms, you know, a great place to put prayer books. Well, recently, we asked the shepherds to pose for a picture with our books, and so here's the shepherds with the two books, and then we asked them, it's time, it's time to open them up, would you open them up? And so they opened up the books, I think Jack almost cut his finger off prying this prayer book out of the box, but we got those things opened, and we began to look through those prayer books, and like I said, it was just, uh, what, a, what a wonderful window into seven years ago, the heart of this congregation I wish I could share so many of those prayers with you. And like I said, I hope we can find a way to do that. But i got to share a couple with you. I brought a couple of examples for you. Here's one. Our Heavenly Father, God of our past, present, and future, thank you for the leaders, teachers, and members whose insight and foresight have brought us to this moment. With your guidance and spirit, we have determined to serve you both here and around the world. Now we pray that your power may be manifest in us to show Edmund and beyond that you are a loving God whose compassion can be seen in our hands, in our feet, in our voices. That's from the Teagues. And this prayer from a young lady who at the time was only 14 years old. Dear God, please watch over the people in this church. Thank you for helping us these past years to grow and spread your light in so many places. Please help those who are suffering and help us to search for and take opportunities to help those hurting souls. Please help us to grow closer to you and to live like you more and more each day. Show us what we lack and remove the barriers blocking our relationship with you. Chandler Dean. The prayer is about connecting to God. Remove the barriers. Help us to stay close to you. And in that prayer, by praying, we draw close to God. We stay connected to God through prayer. May we always be a people of prayer, and not just when we meet here on Sundays, but may prayer permeate our homes, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our community. We connect, we remain, we abide with Christ through prayer. Secondly, connection through community. We are connected through community. Jesus says that we are the branches connected to him, the vine. And so by extension, we are also connected to what? The other branches. And as our connections are fortified and strengthened, there is great power in that vine. The power comes from him. 
Notice what he says here as he continues this teaching, as he begins to really narrow the focus on how we bear fruit. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Now remain in my love, and if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. You see it right there. Love each other as I have loved you. Church, we must love well. In this tension-filled cultural moment that we find ourselves in, where there is so much aggression and so much angst (laughs) we must love well we have an opportunity to be different to stand out not as better but as a loving forgiving kind and compassionate community of faith that is so different from the world we must love well which means we must show kindness and pursue peace It means we must forgive and listen. We must go the extra mile. Did you see the standard? Jesus says, love each other. What's the rest of that? As I have loved you. That means offer, extend unqualified love to each other. One of the greatest blessings of this church family through the years has been the unity that God gives us. We don't necessarily agree on everything, but we are able to see beyond our perspectives and politics and preferences and find common ground at the foot of the cross. God gives us unity, and we need to preserve that unity. We need to love each other deeply. Did you notice in the video during the welcome how many people, when they talked about what God has done through this church family, how many people mentioned relationships It's the people, it's the sense of family, it's the connections, it's the relationships. We are connected to him when we are connected to each other. And finally, we are connected through purpose, specifically God's purpose. He says, when you remain in me, good things happen. You bear fruit. You bear witness to the true nature of the kingdom of God. There is visible and tangible evidence that points people to the goodness and the grace of our Savior. You see, we bear fruit that lasts, fruit that matters. We won't just be doing things, we will be doing things that matter most. We find our purpose in advancing the kingdom and making Jesus known. And it's so easy to lose our way, isn't it? It's so easy to get sidetracked from our mission, to get distracted from our purpose. It's so easy to believe the lie that I am here to be happy that I am here to be successful, that I am here to be comfortable, that I'm here to be wealthy. Friends, our purpose is not to make a name for ourselves. Our purpose is to make the name of Jesus known. Our purpose is not to to make a way in this world, not even to find our way in this world. It is to make the way known to the world. And the way is, of course, Jesus, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That love that we are commanded to have for each other, love each other as I have loved you, that love must spill out, it must pour out, overflow out, beyond these walls into this community. 
into our workplaces, into our homes, into our neighborhoods. And when we love like Christ, you know what happens? We are bearing fruit. That's what Paul wrote, Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You see, that's the fruit of the Spirit. And when we remain connected to Jesus and connected to each other and we love well, that love bears fruit in our world. And they see our good deeds, Jesus says, and they praise our Father in heaven. They are drawn to him. We are grateful for our rich heritage. But we don't live in the past, do we? History is good. History should be appreciated and evaluated. It should be listened to and learned from. But we move forward. We move forward. And we are thankful for the deep roots that we have, the roots that extend beyond 1922 that go all the way back to Acts 2. And we stand tall on those roots so that we can extend the reach of the gospel, the good news of Jesus in our day, on our watch, in our time. You see, it is our time. Watch this video. It's our time. Time to honor our heritage. Faithful women and men have gone before us. They have served and sacrificed. They have built much and blessed many. They have worshiped and worked in the name of Christ. They have given us a platform from which to proclaim the message of Jesus. It's our time. Time to praise our God. He is the one who makes all things possible. For 100 years, God has been faithful to us, equipping us and empowering us for the many good works he has prepared in advance for us to do. God is at work among us. It's our time. Time to come together. In a world divided, in a time of chaos and conflict, God is drawing us together. We are bound by the unbreakable bonds of faith, hope, and love and we find common ground in our mutual mission to make disciples. It's time to love with one heart and speak with one voice. It's our time, time to step forward in faith. God has brought us this far and he will continue to be faithful to his people at Edmond. This is not the time to shrink back in fear or let Satan silence our witness to a watching world. It's time to step forward with bold faith into an unknown future, sharing the good news of Jesus in our community and throughout the world. It's our time. Let's share God's love and shine God's light. It's our time. It is our time. We are thankful for those who came before us. As Sylvan said, they, in many respects, dug those wells from which we drink. We are thankful. But today is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, and we will accept our identity as children of God, as the branches connected to the vine, our source of power and life and hope and salvation. And we will, because we remain connected to him, bear the fruit of his kingdom in this world on this day, on our watch, in our time. It all begins with staying connected to Christ. And so let me ask you, are you connected to him? Are you abiding with 
Christ? Have you made yourself at home with Jesus? If not, it's time. It's time. Maybe today that means giving your life to Christ, confessing your faith that you believe Jesus is who he says he is, the Son of God who came and lived and died for you. And you're ready to be baptized, to put Christ on, to be clothed with Christ, to begin this life as a new creation. We would love to celebrate with you today. Maybe we can encourage you. Maybe we can support you, pray for you in some way. Let us do that. A couple of our shepherds and their wives will be in the parlor. That's a little room right behind me off the hallway. Just a minute when we stand, feel free to exit, go around there. They'd love to visit with you, encourage you, pray for you. Or you can come down to the front, and we'll do that as a church family. If there's something we can do, we invite you to come as we stand and sing. How great the chasm lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope, who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful say, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the 
silence, the roaring lion declare the grave has no claim on me. Then came the morning, the promise, your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me jesus yours is the victory hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope hallelujah praise the one who set me free Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. God, you are my living hope. Please be seated. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Bow with me, please. Gracious Father, we're thankful for this day. And we have many things to be thankful for, and all of them come from you. We're thankful, Father, for this congregation as we look back over 100 years and we look forward to going forward in the time that you have left for us as a congregation. Father, we are thankful for each minister, each elder, each deacon, each teacher, and those who do things in this congregation quietly to glorify your name. We may not know what they do, but you do. Father, we ask your blessings as we go forward that, that we may continue on and help us to do the things that we should. Be with us, give us guidance, forgive us of our sins. This is our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. What a great day to be together. Thank you for being here. Y también gracias a los miembros de la iglesia de estar aquí. We do have a few announcements we want to share with you this morning. And uh, at the very top of the list is our thankfulness to Richard and Ada. It is hard to measure the impact that you all have had on our church family here. And we're going to celebrate them 
for his 37 and a half years of serving as one of our shepherds. That'll be next Sunday evening following our Sunday night for the master meal. Hope you'll be making plans to be here for that. If you didn't have a chance to use the QR code when we first came in together, we would love to know that you were here today and just check in. Just take out your camera phone and aim it at that screen. It'll direct you to a website. Just fill that out. We'd love to see that you are here with us and with us online as well. If you're here visiting in purpose, in person, in person, there's a purpose. But if you're here in person, we'd love for you to meet with Kevin. He's out at the welcome table. He uh, would love to give you any information or answer any questions you may have about the church family here. We also